Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Lucas and Vincent were not in the mainstream of gay life. I was saving body parts such as uh, skulls. Doesn't it bother you that he's a fag? You have done me a great service. Now I must service you. And the drugs were, were always a, a cry for attention, for somebody to pay attention to me before I, you know, kill somebody. <laughs> You can imagine what it smells like if you go into a closed room. Something is trying to get inside my body. Yeah, she's female and she's waiting for you in the cabana. And you want to sleep with me. Buckle up, Sodomites, and welcome to the Sinister Sissies podcast. You're about to true crime, horror, and everything man on man and macabre. I'm Jared, your master of depravity, staring at the beautiful face of my filthy little slave, Sam Hamilton. I love it when you lie to me, Master. I have never. You look so sad as I was saying that. I was like, "No, you have a beautiful face." You were getting compliments on the Instagram, from what I've been told. I just feel very. I'm just very disheveled. If you could look into my camera, people, I I I look like I've been through. The Patreons, the Patreons can. The Patreons get the uh, raw. (laughs) Well, I hope you like it raw, guys, uh, (laughs) because this is as raw as it gets. Straight from work to here. I did fall asleep, and then my phone beeped, and it was Jared. Oh God! Really? <laughs> Have you <laughs> literally just woken up? <laughs> yes, I just—I was like, I'm just going to rest my head for a few seconds, and a few okay. seconds turned into yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a very awake Sam podcast record. I'm perky. I just—I got right. some orange juice. I'm ready to go. Okay. Um. So we are doing another killer episode. In fact, potentially one of the most prolific serial killers ever, ever. documented he's yeah. in the to- he's in the top three ever my microphone should i hear he's in the top three ever body count wise so yeah he's, he's yeah really, um, he's made a name for himself although no one knows his name what is his name he is a lesser known uh serial killer i don't think many people know about louis alfredo garavito yes. like i only found out about him because i believe finley actually told me Oh, there, there you go. go. Finley, Finley listen, the listen to the podcast that was done on The Family, if you want to hear his voice. 
Um, uh, so Louis Alfredo Garavito, also known as La Bestia or the Beast, is or potentially. Triplin. Which means oh, oh yes, yes, we'll like get to that because that's a creepy detail of this. That like um, he is suspected of killing over two hundred young boys in Colombia. Um, he is one of the lesser known killers, and in fact, there's not been a lot documented about him, despite the fact that he confessed and is yeah, still alive. It's quite difficult, I think, as well, because he's Colombian, and yeah. a lot of the interviews aren't in English that you can find online. So, um, you know, maybe if we have any, you know, international listeners who can decipher some of these interviews, you know, hit us up. Look, Sinistasis doesn't have the budget for a translator, so. <laughs> Unfortunately not. And the only, the only language I can speak is failed romance. So I did think, and I don't know what you think about this, Sam, are we going to get shit for including him as a sinister sissy person? Because he wasn't like an active gay man as such. Well, he, he didn't identify as a gay man, but he only killed males ever. So, you know, I, I, think, I think he fits the bill. And yeah, he definitely wasn't interested in women. I will say no, that. No, I mean, he had a, I will get to this, but he had a lot of girlfriends and most of them were like, yeah, we didn't sleep together. So I'm going to, I think we might have to, you know, claim him as part of the team as much as we would not want to uh, on this one. So here's what we know about Gar- Garavito. He was born on the 25th of January, 1957 in Genova, Colombia. Garavito's father was an alcoholic who was frequently abusive towards him. There is some confusion or it's not very clear who Garavito's biological mother was, but it is suspected that it was a local um, street sex worker from the area. Um, It is documented that Garavito was forced by his father to watch his mother sleep with clients um, and those same clients would also sexually abuse Garavito. It's also now, speculated that potentially his dad also gave him a bit of a touch-up as well. So, In terms of sexual, yeah. yeah so there was, was physical very, violence, very, yeah, verbal violence, sexual. He tied him to a tree sexual. once with a belt and beat him. So he was, yeah, he was not a pleasant or nurturing father by any means. And, and, and the sexual abuse extended um, outside his mother's clients and also outside the home. He was sexually abused by a neighbour from the ages of 12 to 14 as well. And as Sam said, he only received five years of schooling um, and uh, left home at 16 um, in yeah, order so to get out of the environment. Studies, like how do you create a monster, you know? Like he went through every kind of abuse you could think of and look, look where things ended up. I mean, we've seen this with a couple of them as well. Some of them, some of the serial killers that we see come from like fairly normal backgrounds and you kind of like, well, maybe something biological has happened there. Uh, and then many of them come from these sorts of backgrounds where you're like, wow, you, you've created a monster. Yes, definitely um, not envious of his upbringing. Garavito's sexually sadistic uh, behaviour um, began when he was 16. His father interrupted him as he was trying to uh, assault a six-year-old. Um, he was kicked out of home uh, at, at that point um, and he came back shortly after and then left on his own volition. Um, but I think this is indicative of the kind of person his father was. His father was annoyed and told him that 
that was only okay if there are no women around. It's still, that's still some more, you know, like those formative years still having really fucked up behavior being modeled back. Like kids aren't off hands, you know, only mm. if there's no one else, if there's nothing better, which also kind of backs up the claims of him abusing Garavito because that's mm. a concerning attitude to have. Um, as we've kind of already flagged, Garavito's sexuality is kind of a point of contention in terms of how we want to categorize it. He has spoken about that at a very young age, he was exposed to heterosexual pornography and was disgusted by it. He had had relationships with women, but most of the women said that it wasn't physical, that he kind of avoided it. A lot of the women he dated actually had children and apparently he was very loving and generous to them. He had a very specific MO of victims that he would target. So I guess we'll get into that. But maybe these children just didn't fit that MO. No, I think he had that classic serial killer thing of, um, you know, I think it would be not a stretch to say Garavito is probably a sociopath. He has a number of other mental health things that we'll talk about in a moment, but I think sociopath is there. Um, And that he, a lot of serial killers and a lot of sociopaths, they do that thing where they try and preserve a certain happy home life. And then when they get those violent urges, they externalize it from the home. So um, that pattern isn't surprising to me. Um, he clearly had pedophilic interests at a very young age, and they tended to be homosexual pedophilic types yeah. of Also at a interests. young age, he, um, as is common with many kills we've covered here as well, he dissected some birds. Mm. So yeah, he had that, he had that interest in violence linked to kind of, I guess, sexuality. And I guess not with dissecting birds, but, but yeah, because there were... Science I mean, potentially, that's the science, thing. Yeah, like maybe. that formative, like childhood um, wave of relieving tension um, and tying that sense of relieving tension to violence, I think is that thing that you you often see. And, and that's the reason why, what's that triad called? That um, there's a psychopath triad, which talks about bedwetting, starting fires and animal cruelty. Yeah. Um, and all of those things, the things that those three things have in common is that they become a kind of obsession to do with relieving tension. So the bedwetting theory that I've heard is that children hold on to their urine as much as possible until they can't control it. They set fires because that's an uncontrollable thing, or they kill animals because they're kind of, it's like, it's like they can't contain any tension within themselves. And I only did two of these three things growing up. I can't tell you which, <laughs> but I I was fascinated by fire. I don't think I set fires. I'll, I'll say that. Um, no, I'm I sure I wet the bed I was as a, a child. Pyro. But I had oh, like really? instance where I like I learned like that's the line. Like that's no more of this. Because I lit a fire of my friends in the fire brigade came and it was like a whole thing. And that was like, okay, this is, this is done. This is finished. Uh, oh my God. Okay, I got, you I got um, into like breaking and entering places. Then my friends got caught by the cops. Luckily I, I was also a breaker. I was also a breaking and entering. If you want to hear the rest of these stories, we're going to tell those stories in the Patreon episode. <laughs> Great. My criminal history is about to be public domain. Um, after Garavito left home, as I said, he, he worked as a street vendor. He was selling oddly religious icons and prayer cards as a form of employment, which is kind of ironic in many ways. He was hustling. He was hustling. Yeah. I mean, he did go on to become a Satanist, but, you know, sometimes yes. you've got to wear that mask to make that money. 
I was talking with Sam uh, before we started recording that there's just this off-reference that Garavito in adulthood became interested in the occult and Satanism, which is really fascinating, but I can't find any details anywhere about what that means. Yeah, nothing really to back it up, but we'll, we'll take it. It was in multiple sources, so maybe it was said in like an interview or something. <laughs> um, Garavito's... Well, that, that fascination with the occult may be related to the fact that Garavito in adulthood began to develop symptoms of psychosis. He had described to mental health experts that he had malicious voices in his head. Um, in fact, he was hospitalized for 30 days. Um, yeah, well, because... apparently he spent collectively five years in and out of psych wards. So yeah, quite a long time. So, I mean, clearly this is some sort of, psychiatric illness i'm not sure i haven't seen any commentary that it was something like schizophrenia or anything like that he was an alcoholic and he was a quite heavy alcoholic and you can have alcohol induced psychosis if you're a heavy alcoholic so i don't know if it's related to that or if it's something kind of more complicated going on with him Garavito um, had a series of failed relationships with women and the reason they failed was a combination of the fact that he had serious mental health issues and that um, he was not sexually into women all that that. much. Said that he started molesting children in the late 1980s. At one point, he was molesting a child at least once a month. As would become his murder victims, he would deliberately target children that were homeless or were vulnerable. He also idolized Hitler. I know this is a bit of an offhand. Um, <laughs> he did. That's a, that's another little thing that is kind of offhandedly referenced, and then it's like, oh yeah, he was also very into Hitler. Well, apparently, as well, he would replicate in the early days of his abusing. He would try and emulate the kind of abuse done to him, mm. um, and I guess it obviously took on a life of its own as time went on. It definitely escalated in the late 1980s because he moved from just molesting these young boys to torturing them with razors. Um, And he would document what he did in a notebook. He would list the names of the kids that he assaulted and tortured in a notebook. And he would pray over these names whilst kind of, yeah, so kind of self-harming himself, which I'm not sure if, is an indication of regret or is an indication of i mean this is such a fucking fractured psyche at this point that i don't know if we can necessarily interpret what's going on um so we said that garavita had a number of relationships um and he would avoid um sleeping with the women in his relationship by saying that he needed to travel for work so he would travel um, all around Colombia and send money back to the women that he was with. And that's kind of, that was a combination of a way for him to avoid sexual intimacy with the women and also a way for him to prey on homeless boys in different areas. Um, locals who knew Garavito described him as a friendly man and that's how local children uh, nick- t- nicknamed him. Is it Tribolin? Tribolin? Triblin, yeah. Triblin, yes, which as Sam said is the Spanish name for Goofy, which is, I don't know why that's so disturbing, but that's really like, (laughs) And it's because of this kind of like affable, lovable public persona um, that uh, there was witnesses who saw Garavito walk off with these homeless boys 
and they just didn't think of anything, you know, that anything was wrong because he was able to cultivate this really kind of friendly personality. Garavito committed his first murder on the 2nd of October 1992 when he saw a teenager named Juan Carlos passing a bar. Um, Garavito would later claim that the sight of the boy in the moonlight awoke something evil in him. That can't be denied because uh, he, he never stopped after this. It was like seven years of Kill, Kill, Kill. Well, it is. It did seem to be that he crossed a line and once he crossed the line, he couldn't stop. Um, uh, Juan Carlos's body was found three days later showing, showing uh, visible signs of torture, including missing teeth and mutilated genitals. Less than a week after his first kill, Garavito killed again and again and again and again. Well, he confessed to 140 murders, was charged of 138 murders and was suspected of or charged of 172 murders. So it's not like our usual episodes where we can go through all the victims one by one because that we'd be here for. Well, no, yeah. Plus we don't know the identities of a lot of them because he targeted homeless boys. So The only consistent estimate that I've heard is um, likely more than 200, which I think is assuming that the charged and suspected murders were just the ones that there was sufficient evidence for and there's likely to be more than that and some people think it could be up to 400 so yeah he he knocked off quite a few it was very very active it was between the years of 1992 and 1999 that garavito's um suspected of killing um a number of these children most of them aged between the ages of 8 and 13 years old all of the children had indications of rape and torture and certainly in the later years many of them were decapitated um, um, and that seemed to be a shift in in how he he operated and he enjoyed inserting things into the anuses as one of the many things that he shares of our other serial killer alumni on this show he was quite smart in a couple of ways because he had five or six disguises he would alternate between when he would go to different areas to pick up boys they mm-hmm. Like he was like a priest, a farmer, a drug dealer, an elderly man, a homeless man, and a gambler, I think. Yeah. Um, And he would go to, I think, so I think there's 32 police districts in Colombia. And I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head. I'm sure I have it in my notes somewhere. But he killed within like, say, 12 or 13 districts. So he was really spreading out his murder seed and it took years and years for them to even start to think it was the same person. So he really, he was quite intelligent. And this was, way. this was during the time where Colombia was going through quite extensive civil war. I mean, my understanding is that Colombia still has some ongoing problems as well. 11 of the 32 police districts he killed in. Oh, there you go. Myself. Um, it's, uh, so it wasn't uncommon during this time for young boys to be homeless or needy. Um, and it's argued, it, it's suspected that he would lure these boys to certain locations by either offering jobs or food, um, and then he would um, do what he he wanted to to them. Um, and he 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 was very, um, I don't want to say intelligent because that sounds like a confident or you know complimentary word, but like he he um, picked his locations 
in a really methodical way. And in fact, when he confessed later on, he was able to say exactly where each body was. Like as in he had almost, I don't want to say a photographic memory, but he knew the geography of every single victim. Yeah. He documented things very well. Because everything was spread out, uh, the police took a very, very long time to try and um, tie everything together. You know, these could be a series of separate incidents rather than some sort of serial killer. It wasn't until 1997 where a mass grave was, was discovered with 41 children in it that they started to realise, oh, okay, we it's have a serial killer. Yeah. yeah. And that's where the rhetoric about uh, La Bestia or the Beast started to come into play because um, they realised, okay, this is the, the work of a single individual and we need to start tying these, these um, bodies that we're finding together. And uh, in 1999, the police got their, their strongest indication of who this was. So a note was found at the crime scene of one of the victims and it had an address on it. This address was linked to one of Garavito's girlfriends. Now, he hadn't been with this girlfriend for a while. He hadn't seen her for months, I think. Yeah, so when police contacted her, she was like, I mean, I haven't seen this guy, but he left a whole bunch of his stuff here. And when they found his stuff, his stuff uh, consisted of pictures of young boys, so child pornography, Detailed journals of murders, tallies of victims, all of those sorts of things were within his. Stuff buried like in the mass grave or something. I don't know. Dug it up later. Don't just leave yeah. it your girlfriend's place. So you don't that trust your ex with your murder. <laughs> um, and also, how has she not looked at this I and been respect like... their partner's privacy? You know, I wouldn't read. But they weren't together at this left. point. He was an I ex think, at this point. I think they were together, but she hadn't heard from him. So maybe he okay. ghosted her. I think he had a couple of girls on the go, maybe. Ended. So, you know, she, yeah, I mean, yeah. she was like hating on him, but enough, I guess, that she gave his stuff up to the cops. Mm. So she must have so, suspected there was something awry going on. We can only speculate, of course, but. So this obviously let uh, let the police know that Garavita was likely La Bestia. Um, they went to his residence and he had left at this point, gone to another location. And it was on the 22nd of April, 1999, that Garavito was actually arrested for an unrelated charge of attempting to rape uh, a teenage boy. Well, I really feel like Garavito is like a best dog for like killers. Like all these things, every the thing that happens to everyone is just kind of happening to him. Like you yeah. how many of our killers have been caught? Unrelated like, charge. Or something like that. And yeah. It's like, oh, you're a murderer. Yeah. So they, they, they ended up bringing Garavito in and that, on the police system, got flagged, and they started to interrogate him. He initially denied any wrongdoing to do with the murders, but as soon as the police started to describe the details of the killings, he broke down in tears and confessed. He didn't confess immediately. He did break. He had quite a visceral reaction. But then what happened was he had a very specific eye condition, and he left his glasses at one of the scenes. So that wasn't so smart. And to try to catch him out in the prison, they eye tested all the prisoners so he wouldn't be suspicious. And they found that he had this condition so he would have needed these particular glasses. And I think that's what they actually used to get the confession out of him. But then he was quite cooperative, I think. Yeah, so ultimately Garavito confessed to uh, murdering 140 children and was charged with killing 172. Um, 
as uh, I noted, he uh, is likely to have killed much more. This is just the numbers that we have. And he was found guilty of killing 138. So I don't know what happens to the other two, but maybe they just couldn't find the bodies or something. Well, one of the biggest things they have is that they couldn't identify certain victims. And so establishing narratives in relation to certain victims is difficult if you can't say who they were, where they were, those sorts of things. So the sentencing of Garavito is rather interesting because he was initially sentenced to 1,853 years and nine days in prison. Which was irrelevant though, right? Because at the time, the maximum you could be sentenced in Colombia was 40 years. So it was kind of like a title only sentence. Well, so... um, 40 years and then the initial rule is if you cooperate with the police your maximum then becomes 22 years which he did so so. it did it got reduced down however there's now and there's a law in place now that says that um, justice decisions shouldn't favor people that harm children and as a result of that Um, although he was initially going to be eligible for parole in 2023. So Garavito is still alive and he, he, you know, there was a lot of concern that he was going to get out in 2023. Um, It's now looking likely that he won't be and that he will die in prison as a result of that. Um, So that was a huge controversy about Colombia in Colombia about that he could be released because of this law. Well, especially because his intention for when he was released from prison was to become a politician and to make his number one agenda, the protection of children. Yes. He's been doing very strange things in prison, but from my understanding, you know, my understanding of the law in a country that I don't know, that's mostly in a language that I don't understand. So, you know, um, you can take that as you will is that because of this uh, particular provision that's all about um, if you harm children, these rules won't work in your favour, that means that he's not likely to be released anytime soon. It is most likely to die in prison. I did hear a good urban legend about him. Oh, yeah? Tell me. That he was taking the the organs from the children because he would often, like, remove organs or, like, make incisions and stuff, and he was selling them on the black market. Mm. But it's basically been like rebuffed, so rebuffed, rebuked, rebuked. That's the word. Um, because like the surgical incisions were like too shitty. Basically, there was none Look, of he's not involved. There's no way that he could, those organs could have been saved. Like maybe he kept some souvenirs or something, or just he's had he's had five years of education. Uh, I don't think yes. he'd be able to pull that off. I don't think in grade five in primary school they teach you how to how to. Also, scalpel. what's the demand for children's organs on the market? Well, I don't know. I did watch Don't Breathe 2 this week. And oh, yeah. spoiler, it is about a woman trying to steal a child's heart. So oh. I, maybe you can use children's organs for your adult body. I don't know. I wouldn't think they'd be too small, but maybe not. What do I know? Just watch, just watch Don't Breathe 2, okay? You'll be informed of everything. <laughs> In prison, Garavito lives quite an isolated life because he's a child molester. He's segregated from other prisoners and the guards apparently really like him. So take from that what you will. Well, I think he's very friendly and like relaxed or something. It just makes me concerned about the guards that they have in that prison. Well, I guess if he's not inherently violent to them, you know, he, yeah. they're not his choice of victims either. So he's they're probably in safe hands there. 
Thank you for listening to the Sinister Sissies podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Sinister Sissies. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Bartle. That's Jared with a Y. You can follow Sam on Instagram at Sinister underscore Sissies. And I'd really appreciate it if you did follow me because in October, I haven't even told Jared this, I'm going to be doing a daily 30-second horror movie review. And I'd like oh, I love like it. us all to watch the movies together. It'll be fun. So please follow. I'm up for that. You did, you did like kind of fo- a photo review. Yeah, I did the thing. photos, but this this Last October year. I'm going to be doing a 30 second on the go review. So whatever I'm doing at a certain time of day, I'm just going to give you the movie review. If I'm I'm doing my grocery shopping, I'm on, I'm for a run, and the review will just be coming. So, He's a social media star, everyone. Clearly, clearly, <laughs> with our 12 followers. We have more than 12 followers. Yeah, well, you um, know what I mean. Sin- yes uh so sinister underscore sissies on instagram uh we would really appreciate uh if you would support the show on patreon you get access to after shows as well as early episodes and you also get the zoom version of the episodes if you want to see our beautiful faces uh until next time though stay sinister Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.